put everything in a basket. Put your same clothes that you always wear, your hat, your gloves, your hot hands, everything like that. Have it in the basket, pull it out, you're set to go. I have everything in my car. I actually have double of everything in my car for anybody I run with who needs it, but I have double everything in my car. So it doesn't have to be more work to run in the winter. I hear this a lot. I don't have, I don't want to put it, put it all in one basket. It's the same as summer running. I'm trying to tell people, in the summer you have your summer clothing, here you just have your winter clothing. You just have a little bit more. So here's the question. How do runners like us remain active, get stronger, and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, running coach, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy, where we help active adults be able to run without aches and pains so you can feel good about yourself again. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. This episode is brought to you by UCAN. UCAN Nutrition is powered by Superstarch and it delivers that steady, long-lasting energy without the spike and then the crash. I had to take a moment to spark off this episode and share the exciting news of their long-awaited energy gel called UCAN Edge. UCAN Edge represents a quantum leap in how runners will fuel for their long runs and their races. It is the first and only on-the-go training fuel powered by Superstarch. Edge puts you in the ideal performance state by keeping blood sugar stable so you can work smarter and harder. The next generation of sports fuel has arrived, runners, and I've been using UCAN Energy during all of my long runs and races since its inception and love their new Edge Fuel as it is the most delicious energy gel you can find on the market and it's powered by their true, tried, and trusted super starch. So you can't go wrong with that. So since you are a part of our Healthy Runner community, you will get 20% off all of your orders at UCAN.co. Just use the code HEALTHYRUNNER during checkout when placing your order. Go ahead and give UCAN Edge a try for your next long run. Trust me, you won't regret it. Hello and welcome to episode 101. And we are having a winter running episode with our very own Coach Cat from our Healthy Runner coaching team. How are you doing tonight, Coach Cat? I'm doing great. Excellent. Even though in Connecticut, it's not really winter running today. It was like 55, 56. That's not winter running. Yeah, that definitely was not December 6th uh, type weather for sure. It was definitely mild out there this morning when I went for my run as well. And you are, as always, for those listening on the podcast and you can't see Coach Cat, uh, and you're not watching the video version, she is walking on her treadmill, multitasking as she always does during all of her podcast episodes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you are very talented, by the way, because not many people would be able to do that. <laughs> Well, I've been teaching a treadmill class for a little over four years. So at this point, if I can't basically do just about everything on the treadmill, I've learned. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so runners, I want to know right now, would you like to know how to stay active and healthy getting those training runs in during the cold and bitter winter months? 
I know it's a problem for many runners. It's hard to actually stay consistent with your training during the colder winter months. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. In this episode, Coach Kat is going to share some tips for you. She's going to, first off, talk about some of the benefits of running through the winter and why she loves to run in the winter. Um, we're going to talk about, does colder temperatures affect running? We're going to talk about wind chill and its effect on running in the cold. Then we're going to talk about how to prepare to run in the cold, what material is best for cold weather running, um, what is the best cold weather running gear. I know it's always a popular topic, running gear, so we're going to be talking about what are the things, if you already don't have them on your holiday shopping list, what are the things you can ask for uh, during these last couple of weeks before the holidays? Um, how do you stop your lungs from like feeling like they're burning feeling? We get that a lot from a lot of our runners. Uh, when we go out and run in the cold, we're going to talk about that. We're going to also talk about, um, you know, how does the cold affect your mindset? And we're going to talk about like motivation. We're going to talk about possibly adjusting some of your goals. And then of course, because it's coach cat, we got to talk about the treadmill, right. And how we could implement, uh, some treadmill running during the colder weather, and then really uh, going into, you know, should you run in the snow and ice? So we're going to be covering a lot today. We got a lot on the agenda. And uh, so let's kind of get into it, Coach Cap, for those new members in our Healthy Runner community listening to the podcast or within our Healthy Runner Facebook group. Um, do you mind just sharing who you are and what do you do? Hi, everyone. I'm Coach Cap. I am a certified running coach as well as a fitness instructor at my local YMCA in Connecticut. During the day, I'm a project engineer. Um, and at night, I teach at the gym and I coach runners everywhere from couch to 5K all the way up to ultras. And in my spare time, I also work on a Christmas tree farm just because I don't, not busy enough just add that there. <laughs> yeah. There's like your busy season right now, right? <laughs> yep. Um, so where has, you know, let's update some of the listeners. You are the definitely the most um, listened to guest on for those that have been listening to all the episodes of the Healthy Runner podcast. I lost track. This is probably around your sixth or seventh appearance, something to that effect. Um, you know, catch us up on where your running has been. What have you just completed kind of in the fall? What were you working on? Well, I was, I've done many marathons. And I decided to try an ultra marathon. So I did a 50K, which is 31.1 miles. And basically an ultra is anything over a marathon distance. I had signed up for the Marine Corps one in Virginia, was training, was training. About a month before we were scheduled to go there, they canceled it and it went virtual. So I had also signed up um, one of the, athletes I work with, Jean, we had both signed up. So we ran it at home in the Farmington Canal Trail on our own. Basically, we ran a 50K virtually. So that was an accomplishment. In the pouring rain, I'm mad. But I like rain, so it was all right. But so that was my one of my biggest accomplishments for this year. That was one of my main goals I had set out to run an ultra. Um, I try to keep my goals for running, you know, not have too many goals because that can overwhelm 
people, especially me. So my goal was to do the 50K. I did the 50K. Yeah, and that was very amazing, by the way, because as you know, when we ran our virtual half marathon last uh, spring, last April, for we did a virtual Delaware half marathon, that was in the rain and cold, and that was not fun. And I, I don't mind running in the rain like you don't mind running in the rain, but doing a half marathon was not fun. I could not imagine, I could not imagine like doing a 50K in that weather, um, which you did. the gear. <laughs> And I even did a post on, I highly recommended two things, my rain jacket and my socks. So if anyone has any, go back to my post or I'm more than willing to tell you about my running jacket and my socks. I mean, it saved me. More and of a, a reason. Lot of running, whether it's a couch to 5K or ultra, and, and I'll get in, that's not really what we're covering, but is that mental training and that mental fatigue, that's why it's so important to train in all types of weather because you never know what race day is going to be. So a lot of it is mental, you know, mental fortitude for running. That is as important as your physical training, just getting that in there as well. And that will play into the cold weather running as well. Yes, absolutely. Indeed. And, um, I, I think that is a, a huge point is just having that mental know-how of saying, I went through this. And, you know, I was thinking about that on my run this morning. I had shared in our kind of uh, our coaching client community this morning that I was even debating, you know what, should I do the treadmill today? And, you know, versus go out and do my rainy run. And, you know, I was thinking about that, that all the times I do run in the rain, it is good because when you can't predict the weather um, for your race day, it's you've been there before you've experienced it. Um, and I like that you highlighted the fact of like your post going back to that. So again, guys, if you listen to this on the podcast and you haven't checked out our healthy runner, Facebook group, our community, um, check it out on Facebook. Cause you are missing content like uh, coach cat, uh, brings to the table each and every week. Um, all of our coaches, have some great bonus content within our community. So check that out on Facebook. And then just kind of before we get into this cold weather um, gear, why don't you kind of catch us up to speed on some of the athletes that you've been working with um, this past fall who just kind of finished up some amazing, you know, races or running goals that they had. Um, who are some of the people that you think are, um, you know, accomplished some things that you really saw them, you know, struggling in certain areas and they were able to overcome them uh, to hit their running goals. Jean, who I ran the 50K with, I worked with her. I was her coach. Um, she had, she was coming back from some severe hamstring pain and injuries, and she successfully did it. Um, my friend Alexis, hi Alexis. I know you had a great half, I believe, down in Georgia. Hers was a half marathon. And then I work with Couch to 5Ks. I worked with one Couch to 5K, Sammy. Hi, Sammy, if you're watching. She did amazing. Her first 5K was the Cheshire Hot Cocoa local run. She did great. Dina was another um, runner who had run before, took a little time off, but came back to do an amazing 5K at the Southington Apple Harvest Festival. So I worked, those are the four Jen. Can't forget Jen, who ran Hartford Marathon and did great. She did, yeah. Cat, you, you want me to name all of them? <laughs> no, that that that's great. And I think 
Well, I think the most important thing, number one, to highlight is because, you know, Coach Kat shared with us that she just completed a 50K and you might be thinking that she's like one of these, you know, I'm going to say in air quotes here, crazy ultra runners, meaning like she just, you know, it's, it's just in her DNA and that she was just built for that. And, you know, that she's like this person that maybe you can't relate to. But for those that don't know, and if you want to listen to some of the early episodes, I'm going to just share her quick backstory is that, you know, Kat was not even an athlete whatsoever. She would have described her. This is all self-description of non-athlete, non-runner. And she lost a ton of weight and really started getting into running and started literally from a 5k, right? Couch to 5k. And then she has been consistently running for years now. How many years total, Kat? Well, I can tell you my first half was 2016, 2017. And I hadn't really run. I was, I did not run a track in high school. I did not run in college. I did not start running in earnest until my 40s. <laughs> so I, I know people are like, you know, they do track work there. I hear the cross country runners from high school and college. No, that was not me. I was a bookworm. I was overweight. I was not athletic at all. I will say I was a boxer and the punching bag in the back. Um, and we did have to run a little bit for it. Hated every minute of it. I, I was very free on my past posts and my past podcasts about how much I hated running while boxing. Um, but then, yes, I definitely developed it as I got into my 40s. And now I'm up to 50Ks and I'm planning on doing some other things in the future to, uh, to yet to be determined, but they will be distance. But I remember the first Couch to 5K program I ever did, and that's near and dear to me. It wasn't that long ago. So if anybody does have any questions, you know, I was there. I really was. Yeah. And that's what I love about you and how well you can relate to a lot of, you know, the athletes that you work with is because you remember that it wasn't too long ago. And you remember that feeling of, you know, having self-doubt and thinking like, oh, I can't do this. And this is not for me. I'm not a runner. Right. And really, honestly, all of our coaches on our team have similar stories in that we weren't high school, college, track athletes, like even, you know, our, our fastest, uh, you know, Boston guy, you know, coach Lou only started running in his thirties, like consistently and actually started training. And, you know, he obviously has some serious talent, um, but, you know, he is very humble and remembers starting out because it wasn't too long ago that he started his running journey as well. So I think it's it's great that we can relate to a lot of the clients that we work with um, because it's not like running was in our DNA and we've been doing it, you know, since we were kids. And I also want to give, before we talk about cold weather gear, but I do want to say that, you know, as an overweight female, and this does affect females, you know, getting out there to run, when you go into a running store, and I had mentioned this in a post, and the running stores have short shorts up to here, and you do not fit in them, you know, kudos to everybody who gets out to run or walk, run, or start that, or, or take that jump, because that is a very intimidating thing. And I just want everyone to know, I was there, I, I've been there, you go into a running store, the clothes are not necessarily made for larger women. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. So don't be intimidated. 
If you have ever, anyone ever has any questions about that, email me, direct message me, but we'll get onto that. And that's a whole other ball of wax. We could talk about Absolutely. that forever, but we need cold weather. Yeah. Inclusive to all sizes, all shapes and all that. Yeah, running. Anyone is a runner who is out there running. Yep. And you are a runner if you're out there running, no matter what pace you're running, uh, no matter what size, shape, um, how fast you run. So, all right. Thank you for sharing that little update there. So let's get into uh, cold weather running. And so why do you love to run in the winter so much? Or what are some of the benefits that you find in cold weather running or running uh, through the winter months? All right. My first thing is the quiet. In the winter, when you're running on the trail or you're running in the road, it's quiet. There's really very little animals like or birds. There's a peacefulness, I find, when you're maybe 7 o'clock in the morning on the trail, you get up, you're running on the trail, there's nothing and nobody around you. You don't have bikes. In the summer, you have, and, and it's wonderful they're out there, but you have dogs, you have bikes, you have families. And it's just so loud. There's people talking. There's birds everywhere. There's the winter is just quiet. I really like that aspect. I also feel better when I run in the cold because the heat affects me, I will say, in a negative way. A lot of people who say they hate winter running, that's how I feel about the summer run. Honestly, I get up in the morning and I'm like, I don't want to run. It's too hot. But I do. So I feel overall better in the winter. Um, I sweat, of course, but I just feel like I can get a faster pace. I'm not so worried about the humidity. I don't feel like I'm running through molasses. Um, and it just feels better overall for me. But a lot of it is just that peacefulness I find in winter running that you don't find in the summer. There's just so much around you. And, I use running as a way, I mean, I'm so busy all the time. I teach at a gym, I'm around people all the time. I like that quiet time. And I find that in the winter, I can actually get that quiet time a lot more than in the summer. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, and, it, and it allows you to get that, you know, breath of fresh air, right? When we are inside a lot during the winter, because we're not spending time doing anything outside essentially, right? Besides running, um, you know, just to get that fresh air. And then even like, I love, I, I'm an early morning runner, so it's still dark when I run in, in the winter, but um, on the weekends, like my, for my long run, like I've been loving it these last couple of weekends, just hitting the sun, hit my face. Like it is just so rejuvenating. Like this, you know, past long run I just had yesterday. It was like, like there were so many times I just like, were just in the moment. And was like sun was beating on my face. I'm wearing sunglasses. I'm like, wow, this feels great. And it was chilly yesterday. It wasn't really cold. Um, like Gina sharing with us in Minnesota right now. She says it's uh, a real feel of minus 11 degrees um, right now. And she said she will be running in this weather, minus 11 degrees in the morning. Uh, the I got real you, feel. Gina. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. I hear you. I run in negative weather. <laughs> Um, yeah. And the, the heat, I think a lot of other runners, um, can relate to you, uh, and who's on here. She, she kind of hates the humidity as well. Um, so there's a, definitely some benefits of running in the cold. And I, I do think that it is a great way to actually maintain 
your running fitness throughout winter. And we're going to get into um, the misconception of, you know, it is too cold to run out there and like why it's not too cold to run. Um, so we're going to kind of get into that a little bit, but can you just speak to kind of how um, colder temperatures affect our running? Um, it, a lot of times that would actually depend on an individual, but in colder temperatures, if you dress properly, you can actually hit paces that you might not be able to hit in the hot, humid months for obvious reasons. Um, it's cooler, your body, your core temperature stays cooler. So you may be able to hit um, paces you can't. If you ever do speed work in the winter, you know, on a track, you it feels, at least to me, it feels like you can hit those paces. It, you can hit those marks because you're not so worried about the heat and the humidity, which does slow you down. And even if it's cold, remember, as you're running, you will warm up. No, I think from a performance standpoint, too, it, it may help you in slightly colder. Definitely once it gets too cold or, you know, when the temperatures keep dropping, then I think from a performance standpoint, like race standpoint and hitting oh, yeah. hard workouts, it will negatively affect your cardiovascular system and your output and your performance. Um, well, I do so, want to talk about if you have asthma or if you struggle to breathe while it's cold weather running, that's down, down okay. a little bit later in the topic. Um, there are reasons, there are times when if you have asthma and it is induced by cold weather running, then I'm going to say you probably do want to keep a very close eye on the wind chill and the, and maybe take it indoors. I mean, that might be one of the times where I would recommend if you do have asthma and it's triggered by the cold, you do stay inside. Um, but we'll talk about the breathing a little later. Yeah. And, you know, so I guess what are the guidelines you utilize as far as like temperature and, you know, how does wind chill affect um, running in the cold. Okay. A lot of times people say you always plan for 20 degrees warmer than it is. So if it's 30 degrees out, plan for it feeling like 50 as you start running. However, I have a chart I posted way back and I'm going to repost it. You have to factor in the winter, the wind chill, because if it says it's 30 degrees out, oh, 30 degrees out, that's not bad. I'll warm up to 50 degrees. But if you have a wind chill that is down to like five degrees, that's a whole different ball of wax and how you basically dress. Just like in the summer, when we look at dew point, we look at the humidity, we don't just look at the temperature, we look at the dew point, and then we look at the temperature and that gives us our base of when we should be running, how we should, our performance should be affected. The same thing goes in the winter, except the opposite with the wind and the temperature. So don't just look at the temperature ever. You need to look at the wind as well and the real feel as they put it. And I have a chart I will repost. Um, I had posted, I think last winter, um, it factors in the wind and what it feels like with the wind and the temperature. 80 degrees with no humidity versus 80 degrees with 95% humidity definitely affects how we dress, how we hydrate and everything like that. So it's very similar. To summer running just the opposite 
Yeah. And I know for me personally, it's really that wind that really impacts you the most, you know, that you feel out there. Yeah. Oh man. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing about, uh, some of these. So how do we prepare to run in the cold? If you mean physically, what I do is I actually have a basket or a tote of all my cold weather running gear that I just put everything in there and take the thinking out. I know that that's what I need for my run. Similar to any other running thing, you have all your food in one area, all your nutrition, hydration. I just have a big basket with all my cold weather um, running gear. And you do need to prepare. However, once you do it one or two times, believe it or not, and you have your base outfit, you can wear that over and over. Um, once you have your base running, I'm going to say full outfit, that's your go-to. You don't have to think about it anymore. So that's how I prepare, you know, and I do, I will show you when we get into gear, the different layers I have based on the different temperatures, you know, if it's really, really cold, what I'll wear, if it's not really cold, what I'll wear, and that's relative, but I will give you probably some um, concrete parameters for that. But my best tip is a lot of people say it's just so much work to get ready in the winter. No, it's not. Put everything in a basket. Put your same clothes that you always wear, your hat, your gloves, your hot hands, everything like that. Have it in the basket, pull it out, you're set to go. I have everything in my car. I actually have double of everything in my car for anybody I run with who needs it, but I have double everything in my car. So it doesn't have to be more work to run in the winter. I hear this a lot. I don't have, I don't want to put it, put it all in one basket. It's the same as summer running. I'm trying to tell people in the summer, you have your summer clothing here. You just have your winter clothing. You just have a little bit more. Yeah, I would say it definitely takes a little more time to put on all the uh, the layers. And let's get kind of into that as far as, you know, what material is best for running in cold weather? Um, this is this is an individual choice. There are a lot of synthetic fibers right now, and I, I don't endorse any specific brand. I want to put that out there. But if you're really, really interested and you're going to be running outside consistently and you need to get those runs in, Solomon or Kraft makes some really great base layer material. It's a, it, it's a composite. I don't exactly know what it is because they keep it a secret. Um, but it's really good base layer material. If you're not really so much into like you don't want to spend the money on that fleece leggings. I basically, I hate to say, I'll, I'll say it. I mean, I got my fleece leggings, one pair that are great at Sam's club, you know, any fleece leggings that work are good for you. If you can't wear fleece or it's uncomfortable, then maybe go into the synthetic materials. Um, cotton is just like in the summer, not really a good idea. Anything wool, I can't really wear a lot of wool clothing on me. Um, but again, that is an individual, you know, preference. Now they have so much gear for cold weather running. Light, lightweight. This is basically, and I'm going to show, this is basically the shirt I wear um, underneath. I then, and this is going to actually get into our cold weather gear. But then I have this 
jacket, which you can't see, but it's kind of a fleece line. It's Reebok. I got it at Dick's. And then I put on a jacket or I put on a vest. So whatever feels comfortable against your skin, but I will say layers because layers are a good idea. Yeah, I couldn't agree more is that, you know, the key is really that base layer being something that's going to wick away sweat, right? Yes. That's not going to trap sweat in. And, you know, one thing that I've started utilizing uh, since last year is like the Merino wool um, okay. for a, a compression short, um, because I always felt like the first thing that gets cold are the glutes. Um, which is, I still don't understand because it's a big meaty muscle. It has a lot of blood flow, but apparently when you're running, it gets cold, right? You get like not hot cross buns. You get some like cold buns out there. Um, when you're out there for a while, it hasn't happened yet for me because it hasn't been that cold. But once we start getting in the, the teens and below, that's usually what, um, you know, kind of gets cold on me first. Um, but I would, you know, just echo those sentiments on something that breathes in, in that base layer. And that's got to be tight to your skin, guys. It can't be like baggy, right? You want it tight to your skin. And then I do the same thing, Kat, with like a fleece layered, um, something thin that's fleece layered, and then an outer shell of whether it is a vest or a jacket. Um, that's kind of my go-to as well. Okay. Here's what will save your legs and your feet, especially if you're a tall girl and your leggings don't go all the way down and your socks don't go all the way up. And there's that little gap right at your ankle bone that is always cold in the winter. There's nothing you can do about it. And I don't understand why they don't make things longer for tall women, but <laughs> compression, compression socks. But here's my trick, compression sleeves. These, this thin, thin layer underneath and I'll put both on, actually will keep me so warm that I sometimes have to take them off because I am sweating. I got these on Amazon and you could see how thin they are. And this shirt is actually, and I wore this shirt on purpose because it's a, it's a tight shirt. It's what I wear underneath. You can pull this tight shirt over the compression sleeve and you can't even tell they're on. So now I have compression sleeves, which is a whole extra layer for my arms. And this is my base shirt. So compression is your friend. This is moisture wicking. Uh, I was running the ultra. It was pouring rain. I lost my gloves. Don't ask, long story. My hands got really cold. So I pulled these out and I use these as gloves because that is how warm they are. It's a very thin layer. You can see through it. The light goes right through. I don't know how, but it keeps you warm. So that is what you can, that's your hidden secret, my hidden secret. I wear that on my legs as well. Um, and I'll keep going. I, I, I'm going to be like bundled up by the time we're done. That's the whole goal of this, to show you what I'm wearing as we're going along. So two, really hot two things. Let me just interject there. So first is compression sleeves. I definitely just, um, bought quote unquote, bought myself that for my wife to give me for uh, Christmas and put under the tree. Cause I needed to try those as well. <laughs> and I've heard some great benefits of that. 
um, <laughs> which is just give me a look right now. And um, the other thing is that you just literally were talking, walking on a treadmill, and you donned two arm sleeves all at the same time and didn't skip a oh, beat. I just better. wanted. <laughs> oh, I got a whole. By the time I'm done, I'm going to be looking like the Eskimo person. It's, I'm telling you. Oh my goodness. Okay. So what other gear would you recommend? Uh, so we got arm sleeves. We've talked yep. about kind of layering um, and what to wear. Layer. Yep. Now, if it's really cold, like, and I, I need to layer, I go to the Reebok one on top of this. So <clears throat> this is going to be interesting. Um, so I put the Reebok layer on on top of this so right now i have three layers but it's not really bulky they're very very thin to my body this may be enough however if you start with the wind i then purchased and this was my best purchase this was a nike run vest it is very very thin i i don't know if you can even see how thin it's like paper thin if you can see this, this is all I need for the majority of runs. I can wear this whole outfit and I will be fine for almost every single run in terms of my clothing. I do not need anything more. I will say on negative degree days, when the wind is blowing and it's even much for me, I don't wear the vest. I do break into, I did buy a Columbia jacket. I'm telling you, I don't wear the vest with this, but this, and obviously it's not gonna fit with the vest and everything. This is sleeves, really warm sleeves. And it has that um, material that'll um, protect you from the wind. So on really, really cold days, but my advice and what you'll see on all my gear, all this gear. And if you're on the podcast, you can't see the gear. Um, the one thing it all has is thin, very lightweight. This does not feel uncomfortable to me. Um, make sure you get the right size. You don't wanna get too small because that will be uncomfortable, but too big and it's not gonna work. So you have to find that Goldilocks zone. Um, so basically this is all, my weather gear. Every picture you see me in, you'll see me in one of these three outfits. I, I mean, I'm not really a fashionista. Let's put it, let's put it out there. Everyone knows that. <laughs> so th these are my gear. And I have this all in a, you know, basket um, with my leggings, which I'm not wearing. But so that's really all I need in terms of clothing. There's accessories now, because of course there is. Yeah, let's get to accessories. All right, accessories, gloves. There's two kinds. These are the very thin ones. You know, these are craft. I do like craft products, but I'm not endorsing them, but I do like them. So these are what I run in for the majority of the time. I can get away with these. These keep my hands warm. Um, again, if anyone wants specifics on what I am personally using, um, email me and direct message me and I'll send you the direct one. However, I do have also by craft, 
these, which are a little bigger, these are the gloves, but they also are the mittens that go over the gloves. So if it's really, really cold and your hands get really, really cold, you can put the mittens over like this, so they're mittens and they keep you really warm. But if your hands get too warm, you can take them down or you need to use a phone or something and you have the gloves. So they do have the tech stuff that you can use your cell phone. Um, but these are what I will use if it is raining. That's the other thing, rainy, cold snow, use the gloves like this, put it over your hands will stay warm. Hot hands, those disposable hot, um, hot, they're not hot pockets, that's a food, but you take them out of the, the package, the hot hands, you can put those in there. That's a trick of mine. Um, I haven't needed them actually with the gloves a lot, but you can do that as well. So there's two options. You have, like I said, if it's gonna be rainy, colder, snowy, damp, I use these. But for average coolish runs, which for me coolish is 30, I use these. So we before before we move on from the hands, any other <laughs> any other things for the hands? Because I want to interject with what I use for for my hands. Um, just the hot hands, not really. I mean, you could use the gloves or the mittens, whichever works best. Okay. Yeah, I know. You know, there are some runners, especially that you know may have Raynaud's, um, and their hands get really cold. Like I know Coach Latoya. Um, also gets really cold hands. Um, and for me, my hands and my toes are like, besides the glutes that we talked about before, my hands and toes are going to go first, right? Those are going to go before the glutes get cold. Um, so as long as my hands are warm and my feet are warm, then I'm pretty much good to go. But one thing that I like to do is use the mittens, um, the full blown mittens. So where your skin is actually touching one another, your fingers, does help keep them warmer once you start running um, as opposed to having like the glove and the material in between them. Um, so I, my mittens are two layers and it okay. has a fleece mitten and then it has an outer shell. So I use the outer shell if it's raining or snowing or windy. And if it's not that cold, then I take it off. The other thing that's nice about those is I, I can start with two if I am a little chilly to start and I could always take off the outer layer and just shove it in my pocket. Um, so it adds a little versatility um, to the run. So I know that's kind of worked for me and um, we have Brooke on here. So if anyone could talk about cold weather running, yes. it is Brooke from Alaska. Yes, <laughs> so Brooke, hi, Brooke, please put any other tips that you have in, yes. in the comment box, please add to the conversation because um, just like, uh, Gina in Minnesota, um, you in Alaska, you guys get some really cold kind of next level cold, uh, that you have to go through. So yeah, help, help us out with some tips. So now let's go, uh, beyond the hands. Um, what else can we do for gear? All right. Now I know this might be a little controversial with some females, the head, keeping that head warm. I know a lot of females like to be fashionable. So you wear just those ear things, those ear things around you. That's not gonna help in cold weather. So don't worry about your hair. I got this, this is, what company is this? This is called Trailheads. 
it is a fleece lined hat with a brim because I always wear baseball hats. But girls, it has a little hole in the back for your ponytail. And it mm. is fleeced and it comes down over your ears. So basically, I'm telling you, we're gonna have to turn the AC on by the time I'm done. <laughs> it looks like this. I'm keeping my microphone on, which is impressive with all this. Um, it comes all the way down. It has a brim over my ears. So you, you can't really see it on the podcast, obviously. This keeps the sun out. It is totally warm. It's fleece lined. This comes down over my ears. And yes, I can walk backwards on a treadmill. It has a ponytail holder. So for girls who have long hair, I have to use this and put my ponytail through it. And it fits nice and it keeps you warm and it's not that ugly because I know a lot of women like the ear things because of their hair. It's trailheads, they have a whole line of hats and cold weather stuff for women with long hair like me. Um, I love that, that. that's pretty thing. neat. You have to keep your head warm if you're really cold. Um, so, and that's gonna go into the next, well, actually there's a couple of other things. Um, anything you wanna add with the head Oh. Here? Yeah. So with the head, I would say, you know, most people think if it's colder, they get like the poofy um, kind of winter hats that have like holes in them. Um, you'll definitely do better with a thinner, tightly fitting uh, cap on your skull to trap the heat in versus like one of those big poofy, like, you know, classic winter hats, I guess. Um, yeah. With the palm on them uh, for running. My skull is here. This fits completely on my skull. There's no room between yep. my like skull. It, it's I'm going sideways and it covers your ears. So that's pretty cool. I've never seen that before. I mean, you don't act as black. You can't tell the ponytail holders back there, but it covers. And yes, it's definitely not a poofy hat. Yeah, no, that is great. Um, yeah, I have like two tightly fitting kind of skull caps and one is like super thin you would never think hey this is going to keep you warm in the winter but it really does because it just traps that heat in like you said it doesn't escape like our head is where all of our heat basically escapes um when we're running so as long as you can kind of keep that in that will keep the rest of you nice and warm um so great tips great tips for the skull there all right so uh what uh, what other gear do we have i think we might have got a frozen uh coach cat right now so if you guys can still hear me um i will i will chat and share some other uh tips that i found helpful um running in the cold uh besides the head definitely keeping that nice and warm is key it's kind of rare that i've ever doubled up on caps um but i have in um the past when it's like negative so i'll go with that like super thin skull cap and then I will go with like a fleece lined cap over that um, for when it's in like the negative temperatures. And then I'm not sure if Coach Kat's going to talk about this, but, um, you know, when it does get that cold, you do have to protect your face as well. So that's when you really need to jump into, you know, more of those face uh, protectors um, where they're covering like everything and just your eyes are out. 
Um, the one thing I would say that if you are getting them, and obviously we're talking about for running, you definitely need to get the ones that have the holes in the mouth and the nose. Cause if not, then you try to run and you like suffocate yourself essentially, uh, which is not fun. So you do need to add uh, a place for you to be able to breathe um, and allow that airway exchange. Um, and then that's when you get like those really uh, wicked pictures of you after you run because you're breathing. And then it's like freezing on contact where you start getting all this frost and uh, ice that forms around your mouth and your eyes and your eyelashes. Um, but you want to make sure you do get the ones that uh, have some holes in it. Cause I did have one that was, I guess, meant for like, if you're in the winter and you're in the elements and you're like not running, you're not exercising. And uh, you know, that is something that I've tried before. And I literally like suffocated myself. I was like, Oh my goodness, I can't breathe. Um, I have no way to like actually exhale and get rid of some carbon dioxide and take in some oxygen. Um, so definitely get the ones like made for running and that are again, more of somewhat, it will keep you warm, but it's a little bit, uh, wicking as well. Cause you do want like sweat to be able to be, you know, released and that it's not trapped in there. Um, so Brooke says that, uh, my fleece line buff is my new favorite accessory this year, uh, for below, uh, 10 degrees. All right. So that's a good tip there. Um, the fleece line buff. And for those who are on Facebook right now, can you guys still hear me? Let me know, uh, just type in me into the comment box. If I am in fact, uh, still streaming and you can hear me and we'll wait for uh, coach cat to hopefully be able to jump back on into, into the live here. Let's see. There she is. So I was kind of buy, buying some time for you to jump back in. And, uh, you know, Brooke was talking about her fleece line buff. So she's kind of talking about a buff and I see you got a little neck gaiter on there. Do you ever use that at all? Um, I do. And this goes into that cold and I'm going to have to take this off. That goes into that cold breathing. When I first start, when most people first start running, that's when it affects them a lot. Just like in the summer, it will take a couple of weeks for your body to acclimate and your lungs to the cold. I do use the gator. I put this on, this goes down your neck and you can go like this. There we go. You're like ninja. You do look like a ninja. <laughs> it's kind of cool. You do look like a ninja. Yes. But again, it's close to your head. And I bought this, you know, you just bring it up over your nose. And as you're running, if you get, as you're running, you can then um, pull it down. So that does work. Um, I wish people who on the podcast could see it, but it is a full head neck gaiter. They use them in construction a lot under hard hats. Basically, that's where I got it at work. It's fire rated and it's really made because in construction, the guys are outside all the time and they work in all kinds of cold weather. So this goes under your hard hat. So you can imagine how thin it is. And it truly covers all the way down to almost your shoulders. Nice. But it's a little overkill. So I like the hat. Yep. Yeah. I was just mentioning, I only go to that in like extreme temperatures where, you know, you need to protect your face from a frostbite standpoint, right? Especially for those long runs. 
So, you know, just think about that too, guys. It, it's really, you know, in cold weather, it's a matter of like how long you're exposing your skin to the elements. And if the wind chill is, you know, that wind is whipping and the wind chills down and you're in the minus, you know, you do have to protect the skin because it's all about how long the skin is actually exposed to those cold Ooh. elements. So it's really those long runs that you really need to, you know, be careful for from a safety standpoint. Yes. And it, it, it will vary for people. I have that in the car as well. That is when you hit the negative degrees for me and the wind is just really, really too bad. And that's where even I have trouble breathing. So I do use that. Um, but that's what I mean. There's different levels. I do use the neck gator sometimes when it's not really cold i just get out there and before i really start warming up or running i want it over my face just to get the warm moist air the other thing i do know people i i swear by this you always hear breathing through your nose out through your mouth that is accurate and if you are running your slow long your slow run you should be able to be breathing through your nose that's another tip to know how fast you're going breathe through your nose if you can breathe through your nose you are running the right pace on your slow, easy run, by the way. So that will also warm the air. When we start gasping air through our lungs, through our mouth, it doesn't really give it a lot of time to warm up. Makes so, sense. No, Makes sense. Okay. Any other uh, gear tips that you had? You shared a lot here. Um, experiment, you know, you don't have to go expensive. A lot of expensive stuff is great, but you don't need to go expensive. If you're not training and that goes into something else, but if you're not really training and you're just running for the health during the winter, you don't need to invest in some high quality expensive gear. If you are training for Boston or you're training for a marathon in March, you should invest in some quality gear. I hope we don't lose again internet no okay so that is one thing i will say okay all right cool and then what do you like to do for socks um because um, i know sometimes that's a that's an issue especially with running sneakers right they have holes in them guys so if it's cold outside then right <laughs> your running sneakers don't really keep you warm so you definitely well, need some good socks i use smart wool and i use the ones that go all the way up to my ankles um I got some on clearance at REI. You may not have the best color in the world, but smart wool is a lifesaver for my feet. I will say, and I'm going to get off in the winter. Sometimes, and this goes back into maybe the snow and cold, your regular sneakers are very porous. I have a pair of trail runners that I will wear and that goes into the snow and cold but these are a little more insulated and those will help me because my ASICs, I wear ASICs, they are very porous and the smart wool socks do work, but I know they don't work for everybody. Um, but the smart wool is my best advice. You know, those foot warmers, they're very uncomfortable to run in. I, I do not suggest those because they're gonna throw your gait off. Um, if you can tolerate I can tolerate the smart wool. So I, I really do highly recommend them 
They are a little more expensive, but those are something even I'm going to say a casual runner should invest in is a nice pair of cold weather running socks. Yes. And I do I... get the ones up to my ankle. So they go all the way up to my ankle. I don't wear just the sneaker because that stupid little gap, I tell you, between your pant leg and your ankle, ugh, that's frustrating. Yeah, I agree with the smart wool. Um, I actually just picked uh, two pairs up uh, just before. Those have been working out great. And then for the extreme temperatures, I have this sock called like a storm sock and I need to find out where I can get that again. But it is really made for that wind chill factor um, and when it's extreme cold. And I've done that an extra layer over the smart wool if need be. Um, again, more for the long runs when you're going to be out there for a while and the toes just aren't getting some good circulation um, because there's not a lot of circulation in our toes to begin with, guys. So if that's the area that, you know, is having, you know, being exposed to the elements the most, then those and those could be very helpful. So I need to actually search again because it's been like literally eight or nine years since I had them. And, or since I bought them and they're kind of actually a little tight on me because they shrunk a little bit. Um, so I need to buy myself uh, some new ones and I'll definitely share that within our Facebook community um, once I find that. And Jonan says that, you know, she loves smart wool as well. And uh, Brooke says that if she starts her run warm, then she's in trouble. Her rule of thumb is start off a little chilly and by five to 10 minutes into the run, she should be warm. If not, she can always go ahead and turn around. Um, yeah, so that's interesting. So you prefer to start off chilly. See, I prefer to actually do, I put all my gear on in the house and then I'll do my five minute dynamic warm up, uh, my little spark uh, healthy runner five minute dynamic warm up in my gear. So I get the blood flow going a little bit. So I actually feel a little bit warm. So when I head out the door, I'm not like just, you know, cold like smacks me in the face. Um, so it's. If you wear layers, I tend to agree with Brooke. I start out, just go out, you know, from I from a cold state. But if you run a path or you run a circle, you can always throw your layers off and come back and get them. So out and back routes are great for cold weather running. Tracks are also an option. But out and back, you start off with layers. You can always take those layers off and pick them up if you need to. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, so I know you alluded to the fact before of lungs and, you know, so I just want to make sure that I've heard you correctly is, you know, some runners and I get this a lot, they feel like I can't run in the cold because when I go outside, it feels like my lungs are burning um, when I run in the cold. So how do we prevent that from happening or how do we work through that? Does that get better? What are your thoughts? First, I do again, want to reiterate, if you have asthma, you should consult with a doctor because the cold can trigger the asthma. So if you have an inhaler, um, you might wanna consider that. But just like in the summer, you sometimes struggle to breathe when you run in the summer. If you remember those first couple of hot, humid runs, you're like, <gasps> like you can't catch your breath. Your body will adapt to cold weather running, just like hot weather running. However, we don't usually give it enough time, but, because you get cold. I will say, if that is a factor, and I had to do this, wear your thin neck gaiter. Just this little, little spark thin gaiter will definitely help that 
cold air. If you have trouble running with the gator, um, it, it's like I run, I had to run with a mask in the gym eventually. Um, but this neck gator is really, really lightweight, but it will protect your lungs to a point. If it's really, really cold out and you can't do it, then, and it's really affecting you, you may want to consider going inside. Um, but I really highly suggest, and most of us hopefully have a spark neck gator, you know, the spark neck gator, see, I, <laughs> I cover everything. I love it. Spark it I, up. I'm like, I'm, I'm in my <laughs> treadmill. If it's people who can't see me, I have like six layers on. I have a hat on. I had gloves on. I, it, it, I look like an abominable snowman inside my house, but, um, this really will protect you for the most part from that cold weather. So, and put it over your nose. Don't just, don't just put it over your mouth. That's not going to help. You need it over your nose and the mouth. People forget that when they're running. So, and you can always pull it down. But that's why I like this, you know, headgear thing, because I can also use that and pull that down. That should work for the most part, but it will take a little while to get used to, just like everything else. Yep. Agreed. And I think it's, it is trial and error. And Roger brings up a good point that, you know, he, he's learned this from cycling, um, in the cold that if he's warm, when he starts, he's definitely overdressed. And I think we've all done that mistake of where we overdress. And now you're like out there on the run, you're like, Ooh, man, you know, I definitely overdressed. And really where it's most critical, um, is when you have a race because that is the worst time to ever feel like you're overdressed and overheated. And I feel like that's probably the most common time because people are going faster, or harder effort than their normal training run. And now you hit that, um, let's say fall race and it, the temperature drops, right. And you haven't been training in cold weather. So you're like, Oh my goodness, I need to bundle up. Um, or wild. even coming out of winter in the spring, and you've been training in, you know, all this cold weather gear and you really haven't pushed yourself to race effort. So you're thinking you need the cold weather gear, but you go out with a race effort. Now you're overheated. So, you know, definitely keep that in, in the back of your mind as far as, you know, 20 degrees. It's going to feel 20 degrees warmer than what the temperature is. So, you know, again, the classic is you know, like for me, perfect half marathon or marathon, you know, temperature is going to be around 50, 55 degrees and you can wear shorts and a tank top, right? Cause you're going at that hard effort. Um, it's going to feel like it's 70 something degrees. Um, but you would never go outside your house at 50 degrees in a shorts and a tank top, right? If you weren't running. So especially for races, you do not want to overdress. You see it at every single race. Um, I see it all the time. Um, and it is something, if you are new to running, um, just realize that that is a very common mistake. And so make sure you don't make that mistake because there's nothing worse than like trying to go out there for a hard effort. And now you're like overheating. Like you literally feel like your, oh your body's God. overheating. Um, I've been there. I've made the mistake once at one race. I remember, and that was like, never again. So I will always err on the side of being cold in the beginning of a race for my training runs. Ugh, I don't like being cold. Uh, so like I said, I'll do my warm up in my house and get a little warm. Um, but for races, you really can't afford 
um, that. So do you mind if we switch gears a little bit, Coach Cat, and talk about some kind of mindset um, stuff? And, you know, how does running in the cold affect mindset? It can affect um, a lot of people. You wake up, you see it's 20 degrees out, you don't want to get out of bed. That affects you for work, that affects you for everything. You know, seasonal affective disorder is an act is a very valid thing in the winter. Um, you know, it's not just a matter of saying get out of bed and doing it. Sometimes, you know, our body is not our body really struggles to do it. Um, so while I don't discourage ever training for a race, if you are one of those people who legitimately are not and you you can't motivate there's nothing you can do to to run during those cold cold months i would suggest maybe planning for a later spring race or even an early summer race rather than a late winter early spring race because realistically you're going to struggle to get those runs in outside and unless you have the ability to run on a treadmill for a longer period of time or even access to a treadmill i would say you know, maybe adjust your goals for your racing. If you're running just for fun and health, recruit a friend, you know, who will say, come on, let's go together, accountability. If you say you're going to be there at eight o'clock and your friend is going to be there at eight o'clock, you may, um, it may motivate you to go. But it is a legitimate thing. You wake up, you know, you just don't feel like going. My best advice is just, if you can do it, just, just do it, meet somebody, you know, have, um, a friend, have a coach. If you have a training plan, you know, you have to hit that goal. You have a coach that coach can say, come on, let's go. We can do this. I'll even run it with you, you know, possibly, or, you know, really it does come down to a mental game with yourself um, if you can run on the treadmill and you're okay with running on a treadmill, that's fine. But remember, you never know what race day is going to be. So if you're going to be running in early, at least in New England, if you're going to be running in early March, even mid or late March, you can still get snow up until April. It can be cold. So just be aware of that and maybe adjust your goal for a May or a June race rather than an early, early spring. There's nothing wrong with that. It just means you know yourself and you know your body and you may not be that person that will get up and run in the really cold. But I would challenge you to try it. Try it. See how it goes. Recruit a friend who does like to run in the cold. Hey, me, all my friends know that. Um, or somebody else. Even if you go for a walk in the cold, see, get acclimated. There's nothing to say you have to go out and run 10 miles or two miles or one mile. Go out and go for a walk. Experiment on a walk. See how you feel with that. And if you feel good, then you know you can run. You know, you don't need to go on a cold, blustery day. Maybe you don't have to start at six in the morning. Maybe you can start at seven or eight when the sun's out. I would challenge you to try it. You know, start small, start with a walk, see what happens. You may really like it and not know it. Love it. And then any other tips to stay motivated um, for running in the cold? Um, just basically that, you know, 
in today's social media, it really looks cool if you say you just ran in a negative five degree. People like you'll get a lot of likes on your posts. I hate to say that, but you really will. Um, but your motivation always comes within yourself. Um, so you have to find that motivation yourself. But I love, you know, just the feeling. And, and that's why I'm challenging you. Try it. See how you feel when you're done. You will be surprised. I guarantee you're going to be surprised at how you feel when you're done. Yeah, and I think it, I, I look at it as a challenge too, right? And yes. if you're like, wow, it's super cold out there. And it's like, hey, let me challenge myself. You know, can I do hard things, right? If you could do hard things on a training run, you're going to be able to do hard things in hitting your race goal, right? So, you know, I, I like I like a little challenge. Um, and so that's sometimes you can do a little reverse psychology on yourself and be like, yeah, I know it's cold outside. I don't want to do it. But, you know, let me challenge myself. Let me see. Can I hit all the runs that I wanted to hit this week? Um, despite the cold, right, and overcome, you know, those hard things. And I think just, um, you know, having some grace for yourself and making sure you're not the expectations are, you know, if you have speed goals, or if you had, you know, some quality sessions in there, whether it was, you know, threshold pace, interval runs, you know, you might need to readjust, right, your goals, or you might need to readjust your plan based upon the weather. And some of those things are, you know, you need to be flexible and just remember that there, you know, one day isn't going to kill a training plan. Like if you're, you know, running Boston, for instance, and, you know, that's early in the season, right? You're going to be doing some really cold long runs um, for the Boston Marathon this year for those who are in cold weather, you know, states. And I've run three early spring marathons and training in the winter can be challenging with the snow and the ice and, and, so be aware of that, you know, it, it can be challenging, but so can be, but so is running in 90 degree humidity for like seven days straight. That is true. That is and true. And we Good do point. that without even blinking. We, so I mean, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good segue um, because Jonan has a question about um, she asked, you know, do you suggest using trail running sneakers when winter training for better grip? So I guess let's segue into, you know, should we be running in snow? Should we be running in ice? What are your thoughts, Coach Cat? All right. I actually did buy a pair of yak tracks. I struggled to run in them. I know some people swear by them, but my gait was really off. So I will run if it's ice. I am one of those people who will fall going upstairs. So I'm, if it is icy out, like if I wouldn't drive, I'm not running. I'm getting on the treadmill. You know, I have a four-wheel drive. I am not worried about driving anywhere. But if it's that sheen of ice, you will not see me running. I know there's a lot of people who challenge themselves to do that. No, I don't want to break an ankle, which would happen with me. So that is the one time ice I will get on the treadmill and run. It's not worth hurting myself. If you want to do it, go for it. Um, but I will not risk it because I am a klutz and I know myself. And you're also going to adjust your pace potentially to the point where it's not going to be beneficial as a run where you might get more benefit on the treadmill. That's the other thing. If there's snow and ice snow pack snow is fine to run i have a pair of trail runners solomon's i swear by them 
they have a little grippy, you can't see on the podcast, but they're a little more grippy. They're made for trail. They're a little more, they have a plate, like a hard rubber toe, so that if you hit a stone, it doesn't hurt your toe. That keeps you warm. So this whole layer is an extra layer that will keep you warm. There's not the little porous holes that you have in your regular sneakers. So I will run in these even on pavement if there's snow, like packed snow. Um, but it comes down to a personal safety issue, how comfortable you are. I've noticed when I've run in snow on the trail, my pace is and gait are really off because I'm really worried about falling. So for me, I don't get necessarily as much of a benefit as I would I'm getting on the treadmill. But if there's some snow and ice in the middle of a street, I'll go running because the streets are plowed. And I will use the trail runners for that little bit. You know, sometimes you hit some slush, you hit some ice. You don't necessarily have to invest in a pair. Um, but because I do so much winter running, I did buy a pair. And I really do think that that plate in the front keeps you a little warmer. Um, but I will not run in ice. I, I, I'm very frank about that. There's two things I won't run in, thunderstorms and ice. Those are the only two reasons I will not go outside. You don't, you don't want to spark lightning round, uh, running no, in a thunderstorm. I, I know, no. <laughs> That's not the type of spark you want to add to your training. No. <laughs> All right. Um, no, that's great tips. And yeah, I would say definitely guys, it, it's really not worth it for you to get a run in. If you're going to wind up slipping on ice and fracturing your hip and then not yes. running for like literally 10 to 12 <laughs> weeks. So, you know, think about that safety. I've definitely lived on the edge in my side street to get out to the main road um, before, which as I'm getting older, I'm like, all right, Dwayne, let's be a little smarter. Um, the other nice tip uh, is go out really early because when, it, when the roads aren't totally, totally clear or the, um, the sides of the road, usually the middle of the roads are. So if you're out there early enough in the fours or the 5 a.m. when there's no cars and you will see car headlights coming at you because um, it's dark out, uh, that's when you can find some clean pavement is going out really early and going on roads that are not highly trafficked. Um, so that's been helpful for me in the winter uh, to get in some of those runs and be safe at the same time where I'm not trying to run on the sides of the roads or on um, sidewalks. Um, so lastly, let's uh, just talk real briefly about treadmill and, you know, should we be using it during colder weather? I would say 100% yes. Of course, I'm on a treadmill now, so you knew the answer. But if you have access to it, a treadmill, I said before, is better than missing a run. There is no substitution for running outside. I will never advocate running on a treadmill as your sole source of training. That is not a good idea. But if it's icy or it's snowy, or you literally, I have to drive to go run. So if I can't drive, I'm not really running because of the snow or the ice, get on the treadmill. You can play with tempo. You can do a tempo run on the treadmill, I have. You can do interval runs on the treadmill, I have. You can do long runs. You can do everything out there you can do on the treadmill. I wouldn't say make it a habit if you really don't want to, but it is a lifesaver. It will, if you're training for a race and you can't get that run in, but you need that run, jump on the treadmill. 
you know, so there's a fine line. I use the treadmill when I personally, which will be different for every individual, but when I personally don't feel safe running outside, whether that's night, whether that's um, thunderstorms or ice or snow, I will jump on the treadmill. I mean, as much as I love the treadmill, yes, nothing compares to running outside, but if we just got an ice storm, no, I'm hopping on the treadmill. I'm not risking it. So you have to kind of assess your own personal, you know, risk factor and how comfortable you are knowing that you, you could get the same benefit from a treadmill. And it doesn't have to be an everyday thing. Just on certain days when you can't get out there, it is an option. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, you sum that up great. And we have a whole episode that Coach Cat actually shared um, about everything you need to know about running on a treadmill. So if you haven't checked out that episode, um, it's episode 84 on the podcast, on the Healthy Runner podcast. I just dropped the link within uh, Facebook for those who are here on the live who want to get that episode. Um, and, and really, the treadmill has been a great tool to supplement our running for our clients who... I have a lot of females that I'm working with that don't feel comfortable from a safety standpoint going out in the dark like I do at 4 or 5 a.m. Um, yep. So they need to get their runs in and we've utilized the treadmill. And then on the weekends, when it's more light, they go a little bit later, then they get their runs outside. So it can be a great adjunct to maintaining your running fitness um, throughout, you know, darker, colder winter months. Um, as Coach Kat said, that it is different than running outside muscle activation wise, um, differences in, you know, you're just running literally straight plane versus moving a little bit to get over a curb, to move to the side, to actually turn, right? So there's a lot of other things that we do outside that we really don't think about um, that changes directions, changes muscles, change in elevation up and down, right? But I will say Coach Kat has got some amazing treadmill workouts that have kept yes. a lot of my clients interested in their runs and not think of it as the treadmill. So if that is you and you absolutely hate running on the treadmill, check out that episode. You're going to get a lot of tips um, from Coach Kat and she will share um, a lot of her enthusiasm as she has shared here today. So if you guys are struggling right now to get motivated for colder weather running, if you're struggling to actually figure out how to use a treadmill as part of your training, or you really need a plan to get some structure, some consistency in colder weather running, um, our Healthy Runner Coaching Program with Coach Cat and the rest of our coaching team works with you one-on-one -on -one to provide you the structure, take the guesswork out of what you should be doing for strengthening, provide you a specific run plan based upon your needs, and then you get the whole support you know, from our Healthy Runner Coaching Team as well as all the other athletes in our community. Um, so if you're ready to kind of take your running to the next level and, you know, improve your health to actually get fitter over the winter, uh, during the colder months, get stronger, then, you know, reach out, uh, to me, you can go right to sparkyourtraining.com, um, hit the services tab forward slash coaching, um, and you can learn more about that. And I will also share that in the show notes as well, as well as the treadmill episode um, from Coach Cat. Any last uh, parting comments, Coach Cat? Yes, I, for, I, have, I have to do this. I have to say this. 
Don't forget the sunscreen in the winter. Sunscreen is just important in the winter as the summer on your face. You also, sunglasses protects the wind. If I have contacts, sunglasses, these are my last quick tips and I'm going. Sunscreen, protect yourself. Sunglasses, if there's wind, it protects your contacts or your eyes and hydrate. Just because it's the winter does not mean you don't need to hydrate on your eyes. That's all I want. That's the last three things I wanted to say to make sure I covered all that. Perfect. And I think that sums it up well, uh, some things that we don't think about during cold weather running. So as always, guys, if you found any of this helpful, can you do us a favor and share it with more of your running friends? So whether or not you're listening to this on the podcast, you want to copy the link and shoot it over, shoot a text to your friend who is trying to get after it in the winter or during the colder running months. Um, we greatly appreciate that. Share it in your story on Instagram tag me in it at spark your training. I will give you a little shout out. Uh, be great to see that you are listening um, to this episode and that you've learned something from today. As always, if you're here listening on Facebook, you know, uh, give coach cat a shout out and uh, give her some kudos for multitasking like 15 things at once. Uh, as she was donning and doffing all of all of the gear. Outfit, I put all the gear on. I took all the gear off all while walking on the treadmill. So guys, remember every, every week we go live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group um, doing these live podcast episodes. So check us out um, within our events tab, within our Facebook community, and you will see all the guests and the topics that we have come lining up. I've been scheduling out. So we're starting to schedule our new batch of episodes for the next two or three months. Um, so you're going to be seeing a lot more of that um, as, we, as we head into 2022. Um, so guys, thank you again. Um, as always, remember, let's stay active, let's stay healthy, and let's just keep on running, even in the cold weather. Until next time. Hey, wait a minute. Just to let you guys know, much of what you heard on this episode is delivered live within our Healthy Runner free Facebook group. So head over to there to request to join our community in which you will have access to the video version of this episode and so many bonus features, including blog article references and YouTube video links, as well as me answering your specific running related questions. Also, we are closing in on 50 reviews on iTunes, which I am super pumped about given we're only six months into this podcast journey together. So to help me get there, the first thing you need to do is you have to subscribe to the sucker, whether it is Apple iTunes that you're listening to this or whatever platform you are on. The next thing is make sure you leave a review. I love to hear what you have to say and I read all of them and it means a lot to me. The last thing, guys, is take a screenshot of whatever episode you're listening to and put it on your stories on Instagram and tag me. That's at Spark Your Training. If you do this, I will repost it so you'll get a bump, I'll get a bump, and most importantly, we will share this information with a lot more runners because that is the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of as many runners as possible to help them be healthy and stay on the road doing what they love. So take a screenshot. Share it on Instagram stories and tag me in it. Let's try and get to 50 reviews on the podcast. Thanks for listening.